This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. We are continuing on our topic of the Beatitudes, a teaching on the Beatitudes. And again, uh, this portion that I am doing, I have titled it, The Beatitudes, Oh, What Peace We Often, often Forfeit. And we're going to get more into that today so that you can, you can understand uh, why I made that statement and why I titled this the way that I did. The Beatitudes, Oh, What Peace We Often Forfeit. Let's turn to our foundational text, which is Matthew chapter 5. Uh, again, I told you on, on last, well, actually, actually it's been two weeks, and I hope you tuned in last week um, to get a recap of the message that was taught the week before. So we're going to um, just continue along those lines. Uh, so Matthew chapter 5, again, our foundational text and uh, for this, these teachings. And I remember I said to you um, that um, the Beatitudes is not, the Sermon on the Mount is not just the Beatitudes. This is just a piece, a portion of the whole Sermon on the Mount that he, uh, that he preached. Uh, but Matthew chapter 5, and let's start reading at, um, let's just start reading at verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came into him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in, in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And I said to you last week that uh, um, verse 11 and verse 12 really sums up the whole of, of, of these uh, um, beatitudes. That basically all of the, and we said that you cannot pick and choose which of these beatitudes that you want to follow. But these are character traits that God expects, that the Lord expects from each and every one of us. These are character traits that he expects from each and every one of us. And he says, if you follow, if you purpose in your heart to follow these character traits, to have these character traits, to put on the, the character and the conduct of God, and this is how God operates, operates, operated. He says, if you would put these on and that you would make a commitment to righteousness and to doing these things, you shall be persecuted. No ifs, no ands, no buts about it. If you make a commitment, to live your life in righteousness, to put on the character and the conduct of Christ, you will be persecuted. And there is no getting around it. There is no getting around it. So if you have not felt, at some point, if you have not felt persecution for what you believe, one, either you're not saying what you believe and nobody knows it, or two, you, you may be saying it and, no, and you're not living it. Or some, it's, some, it's something along those lines. Because those who, I said, those who commit to righteousness and put on the character and the conduct of Christ, they shall be persecuted. So either you haven't put it on, you might talk about it, or you don't talk about it and nobody even knows. If you do and you commit to it, 
If you commit to, and see, that's the key. That's the key. We talked about religion last week, and we're going to go, go a, a little bit over those notes. We talked about religion. That's, that's saying that you believe something. Religion. Saying that you believe something, but not allowing the power of what you believe to, uh, to, uh, um, to do anything for your life. To change your life. Not allowing the power of what you say that you believe in to affect your life. To affect change in your life. The way you think. To affect the way you think. To to affect the way you act. To affect your deeds. You have to be able. If you don't, it's just righteousness. I mean, it's just religion. It's just religion that you have. If you're not, see, it's, it's one thing to be spiritual, but it's another thing to be religious. And they're not the same thing. They're not the same thing. You can have a spiritual walk. That means I am walking like I should, in the spirit that I should, after the character and the conduct of Christ. Or you can just say, I am a Christian, and just carry that title without living a Christian lifestyle, and that then just becomes religion for you. That's all that it is. It's religion. And so we have to understand, that, yes, those are, those are two different things. What we stated last, uh, two weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we said that it was important that we understand uh, as we go forth in these teachings, as we go forth, period, just in everything that we've learned, we have to know as Christians, as believers, we have to know who we serve. We have to know the gospel and whom we serve. And so it's important that we understand who he is. And I'm so glad, again, Minister Martin laid it out so perfectly, so beautifully for us. And, we're, and again, that's why I said, we're just going to flow right into that. God is not doing nothing new. He's not doing anything new. He's just adding on to what we've already been taught. Amen. So to keep who he is at the front of his mind. And then we also talked about that word blessed. How it is so taken, it has been taken out, the, the meaning of blessed. It has been so, uh, um, um, it's just been taken out of context. It's been taken out of context. It's been given a meaning and a definition that it should not be given. And because of that, because it has been given a definition that it should not have been given, that we think people tend to think that being blessed means, uh, 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 that being blessed is based on the accumulation of things and uh, the accumulation of stuff. The accumulation of titles and the accumulation of being known and uh, just just all of those different things. And they consider themselves blessed because they have things and they have stuff and they may have some recognition. And they call that blessed. But we see we've seen in scriptures and we're going to continue to see that God God does not see like man sees. Number one. He does not see like man sees. And we've said that, that, that people have taken the word of God, that religious folks have taken the word of God. Christians have taken the word of God, and they have distorted it so. It's been distorted. It's been changed. And so now people are believing a lie. They're believing something that God did not say. And that's why we said you always have to, and I've heard, a lot of the ministers uh, 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 recently say that we ha- you have to be careful. You have to really, really be careful who you say that God is. And you have to know him. You have to know his character. You have to know what, uh, the way that he functions and the way that he operates. If you don't, then you can be fooled and tricked. You can be. And the enemy, and the enemy will make sure that you are hearing exactly what you think you should hear, or you, uh, or he will, he will uh, make sure that you are hearing the things that uh, um, that will keep you in this state of of not knowing correctly, of of unknowing, and 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 thinking cor- uh, incorrectly. Because if he can do that, then he can. He's keeping you from the gospel. He is keeping you from the very thing that can save you and deliver you and put you in a position to where you are truly blessed. And highly favored of the Lord. He can put you, he will, he will, he will make you think that all of these other things, all of these irrelevant things, that, that those things will, uh, uh, are, would add some statue to your life. He will make you think that, that those things will add statue to your life. And if you don't have them, then you are not blessed. And you're not favored of the Lord. 
We talked about that. And so we need to be sure that we, we have that in, in, in focus. We have that, get, that, get, we need to, if you have that mentality, you need to get that out of your mind. I know, see, sometimes we can get, and this is, that's, that's the trick of the enemy. He will have us thinking and ha- have us be in, just in, in our, our feelings about things that we don't have, down and depressed about things that we don't have. And then we don't have our minds on the things that we do have. Being blessed. Remember those things that you possess. Those, that, 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 those things that you have. Those things that you have. He will get you so far off focus to where you just don't even think about that. I said, how can you dumb down? Remember I said that last week. How can you dumb down the blessing of knowing the wisdom of God? Of knowing the knowledge and having the, where He's opened up the mysteries of the gospel to you. To where you understand it so clearly. How can you dumb that down? How can you replace that because you don't have or, or, or think less of that and not think highly of that because you don't have what somebody else has? Because you might be living paycheck to paycheck. So, and, and so if you're living paycheck to paycheck, again, go back and listen to the teachings of, about tithes and offering. You know, be sure that all that's in, in order first, right? But, but so even if that's in order and you, you know, you still are, are struggling a bit and you know, you, you haven't gotten things t- quite together. You, you know, you might have started, but it's not just quite together. Right. But but you have God. The enemy will have you thinking that because you're in that state, because this is the the dispensation that you're in at this time, that God has forgotten you, that God has looked over you. And then you will look to others that that might have more than you. And then you would in your mind to, to in your mind, you would consider them more blessed than you are. Look, I do all of these things. I tithe. I, I, you know, I do this. I do that. When the church is open, I'm a volunteer, and I do this and I do that. But it looks like somebody else has more than what I have. God has truly, God truly has forgotten about me. The enemy will have you thinking that. He will have you thinking that. All the while. So that you will not remember, so that you will not come to terms with, so that you will not grasp, that you would not comprehend, that you would not grasp hold to the fact that you are blessed and favored when you are found in Christ. Because listen, even in the midst of all of those trials, in, even in the midst of those tribulations, those financial hardships, and even in the midst of all of those things, God has kept you and he keeps you. He keeps you. And, and, and if you were to be truthful, I'm sure you haven't missed a meal. Again, may not have been what you wanted to eat, but you haven't missed a meal. When things look, look uh, as, as, as if it, won't, it couldn't get, not get worse, then the Lord sends somebody. The Lord says he is provide with all of that he's providing and that tells you that you are blessed and favored. You are blessed and favored. When you can have the peace of God that is blessed and highly favored. When you can have the peace of God in the midst of things, in the midst of storm, in the midst of tribulations. Just think about that. So maybe you've had some financial woes. Maybe you have some financial woes. But think about how God has kept you. That is blessed. And that is favored. When you are found in him. Listen, righteousness goes far beyond. Righteousness goes far beyond money. Righteousness can carry you and can keep you far beyond money. It may not seem like it to you right now. It may not seem like it. But it can keep you far beyond money. Listen, all the money in the world that you can obtain, that you can get, that you can have, it will not keep you if you do not have peace in mind and peace in spirit. Think about all... 
Think about all of these folks who, who just, who, who had money. They, they've had money and they've had things, but they've committed suicide. You would think that their money, they, the, all the money they have, they can buy themselves anything that they want. They can do all of that. But it did not give them a peace of mind and peace in spirit. Money. Righteousness goes far beyond money. Righteousness can do for you what money cannot do. Righteousness can do for you what money cannot do. So we talked about that, that mentality, that mentality of, of who's blessed and who's not. That those who have more than some, they consider themselves to be more blessed. Remember I said that they have that, that uh, them too mentality. That those with less, that God loves them too. That surely, you know, if God's blessing me with all of these things so that I can be in the limelight, so that people can look up to me, then he's going to use me in a greater capacity to minister to to people, to reach people, because I have all of these things. And God loves them, too. They know they don't have a much. God loves them, too. But he can't use them in the capacity and to to the great capacity that he can use me. That's the mentality. That is a mentality. And then on the other hand, on the other hand, you have those with less. Again, like I said, those with less and then they look to others that have that might have more and they consider themselves them to be more blessed. Because God has, you know, or they'll say, you know, God I'm I'm closer to God because I don't have all of those things. Because I don't have the money. I don't have, I'm not encumbered with all of the, the stuff. I'm not encumbered with money. Like, like God is keeping you broke so you can be humble. Like God is keeping you broke so that you can be close to him. And, and listen, it might be working out that way because if you get the money, you probably would, would leave him. But just because you're broke and you're always in church because that's all you have to do because you can't do vacations and you can't do this and you can't do that so I'm just you know I'm giving all my time I'm giving you know we, we can get real close to God when we don't have a lot we can get real close to him people in jail that's when they find the Lord that's when they find him now they don't always keep him so they get out, they go back to doing their own thing, but they find religion when they're in jail, in prison, because that's all they got to do. They have nothing, that's all they have. So we tend to turn to God when we don't have much. So then that's that, that's that mentality that, that goes with that. So we talked about those things. Uh, but we remember we said that, that a believer is blessed when they have accepted and they are found in the one who is the blessing. And that is Christ Jesus alone. Turn to Ephesians. We're going to let's let's review that. Ephesians. Chapter one. Let's look at Ephesians chapter one. That we are blessed. I just want to, just again, want to just drive this home to you. I want you to see how blessed you are. Ephesians chapter 1, let's start reading at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places where in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world he says that he has blessed us with spiritual blessings in Christ as he has chosen us to be in him so when when we are in him we have been we are chosen to be blessed that's what he says right here. So out of, out of God's own mouth, he's telling you who the blessed is. 
So that's why I said we, then we distort the word of God and we put things into play in the word of God that is not true. And, and then it goes against the very word that we see here in Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 4 again. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. He has chosen us. Listen. It's so hard you're reading these scriptures. Sometimes the stuff just pop out at you. But he says chosen. Now, if, if we have been chosen to be in him, chosen, chosen to me, that means that you're favored. If you're chosen, you are favored by God. No one chooses someone that they don't favor. No one chooses someone that they don't favor. So because you have been chosen by God, you are favored and you are blessed. Verse 5, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. It is his good pleasure that you have been adopted. It is his good pleasure that you have been chosen to be in Christ. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You are accepted. That tells me that you are blessed and favored. If you have been accepted, you are blessed and you are favored. Verse 7, in whom we have redemption... Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. There it is right there. He is just, he's, showing, he's showing us that all in all, these spiritual blessings, the spiritual blessing of, of being placed in Christ Jesus, of being chosen, of being predestined, of being redeemed, of being forgiven, all of the, of, 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 of the mystery of the will of his gospel, of, of his will, uh, being, being, uh, you having the knowledge and you being enlightened by those things. Those are the spiritual blessings that he's talking about. And in, in Christ, in him, when you have that, you are blessed and you are favored. Listen, nobody, nobody tells you their secrets. Nobody reveals to you their secrets. Nobody reveals to you the deep things in their heart. Nobody reveals to you their will and what they're going to do and shares with you their purpose and shares with you their their will and shares with you what they're doing. Nobody does that unless they favor you or you are favored by them. No one do even in your personal life. Just think about that. Even in your life you don't, unless you, uh, unless you are close to somebody, unless you favor them, unless you, you don't share that information with them. You don't share, in, you, you don't share in, uh, that type of information with an enemy. You don't. God shares information with us when we are found in Christ Jesus. And then, and in him, we are blessed and we are favored by the Lord. I told you last week that being blessed, that is built into the salvation plan of God. It's, it's, it's built into the plan already. You don't have to muster up blessings because it's built into. You don't have to beg for blessings because it's built into your salvation plan. In salvation, God enriches our lives. In salvation, he enriches us. In salvation, he edifies us. He admonishes and encourages us. He provides for us all in his salvation plan. Those are the blessings of God. Those are the blessing, the instruction, the counsel. Those are the blessings of God. And it's all built into the salvation plan. We remain blessed in him. I said we remain blessed. We remain on the receiving end of blessed when we remain in Christ. 
we remain on the receiving end of blessed when you remain in Christ. All of the enrichment, all of the prosperity that we need is found in him as we follow his example, as we obey, as we put on the, the, uh, the character and the conduct of Christ. That is when you remain on the blessed end. That's when you remain on the blessed end. Hence, Matthew chapter 5. Go back, go back there. Again, I stated it uh, 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 when I first started when I first started this evening that it's, this is the character and the conduct of Christ that we see working here in Matthew chapter five. And all he's saying is that just follow me, follow me, do what I do, do what I do, obey and do what I do, follow my example. And when we follow his example in these things, then that means we will also follow his example in persecution. But here, all of these things, poor in spirit, those that mourn, being meek, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, being merciful, being pure in heart, being a peacemaker, all of this, He's saying that we shall suffer persecution if we do these things, if we follow after him. Again, you remain on the blessed end because all of these have a blessing, a promise. It has a promise of what is to come when you do obey and follow. All of these, we see that. The poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those that mourn shall be comforted. Those that are meek, they shall inherit the earth. Those who thirst after hunger, who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. The merciful, they shall obtain mercy. The pure in heart, they shall see God. And it goes on and on. But each one of these, it has, it has a promise that is attached to it. It's already built in. It's that this is part of the salvation plan. As you are saved and you follow the salvation plan, the character and the conduct of Christ comes with that. If you allow the spirit, uh, the, the grace of God and the spirit of God to do what it does in your life. And then all of these things, all of these things in the Beatitudes, you can do. If you allow the spirit of the living God that lives, comes to live inside of you during salvation, at salvation, he comes to live. If you allow him to do what he does, then all of it, we wouldn't have a problem with following these. And, and, and again, it's already built in. You obey, you follow Christ, and then you see the promises that come with it. It's all built in. The blessings are all built in. They are already built in. So here... I said we see the Sermon on the Mount. We see that God's principles of obedience and the principle of agreement at work. The principle of obedience, because which is the plan to reward our lives, meaning if we follow these principles that we obey, they will reward our lives as we see here that's in the scripture. I said it's already built in. God, when God framed his word, he put everything in it. The way he set it up, everything is in order. If you obey, then you get this. If you obey, then this is what's going to happen. It's already, just like if you sin, this is the, way, this is the wages of sin is death. It's already built in. It's already built in. Again, you don't have to work so hard. You don't have to work so hard for what you consider to be a blessing. You don't have to work that hard. It's already built into your righteousness. If you commit to righteousness, then everything else will come along with it. Oh, I can't scream that enough. If you would commit to righteousness, then everything else will come along with it. Everything else. 
Will you have to suffer persecution? Yes. And we're going to see somebody that did, but we're going to see his action and his reaction. We're going to see, we're going to see that tonight because we, you, listen, you cannot consider, and, and this is so, this, uh, this word is so, is so, is so real for right now with, with, with what's being, what's, what's going on. And let me tell you, let me tell you, we've been hearing that uh, and I talked to, to talk to uh, I talked to a group of, of of ladies on on Mondays. This is one of the things that that we do, a uh, part of the next gen, and 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 some of the things that that we were we were talking about, and that we were bringing up is you know we, our pastor she keeps saying is something you know something else is coming, something else is coming, brace yourself because something else is coming, and I am I am so. Convinced, I'm convinced that part of what is coming next, part of what is coming next is going to have to do with persecution for righteousness sake. God would not have us teach this. God would not have placed this on our pastor's heart to have us teach this. God would not have placed on her heart to teach on grace in this dispensation, in whatever dispensation that you're in, in how to function and how to live in the dispensation that you're in. He would not have us teach all of this and that not be true. That part of whatever it is that's coming next, mark that, write it down, that the next state, I don't know, I don't know details. I don't know the fullness of what it's going to be. But part of it is going to have to deal, have to deal with, it will be dealing with persecution for righteousness sake. Write that down. And you need to meditate on it. And you need to take these words, you need to take these messages, what you're hearing on Sunday, on Sunday mornings, what you're hearing about the, the Beatitudes and the, and the character and the conduct that we're supposed to have. This is telling us how we're supposed to live in this dispensation. This is telling us that we need to be poor in spirit. This is telling us that we need to mourn. This is telling us that we need, that we need to be meek. This is telling us that we need to hunger and thirst after righteousness. This is telling us, we, this is telling us that we need to be peacemakers. All of this, all of this, this is telling us right where we are right now. So mark this down on this 23rd day of February 2021. That part of what's coming next, part of what's coming next, is that there will be persecution for righteousness sake. Those who commit, those who commit to righteousness, those who commit, see, this is not for, this is not for those who are playing church. This is not for the religious folks. This, this is not for the religious folks. This is for those who commit and have committed their ways to God, have committed their life to God, committed their life to living the life that he has chosen for them to live, to live the way that he has chosen by the standard that he has set. This is for those people. And the principle of obedience and the principle of agreement the principle of agreement to crown our lives with peace. <laughs> the principle of agreement to crown our lives with peace. If you would agree and o- agree with his word and obey, he will not only crown your life with peace, but there will be a reward, a plan to reward your life. But remember that in that reward and in that peace, there will be persecution. That comes along with it. There will be. But what do you consider to be greater? The persecution or the reward and the crown of, of peace for your life? What do you consider to be greater? That's the question. What do you consider to be greater? 
See, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is this again. This is for this is for those who believe, not Christian, not Christian. Those who believe, those who are following Christ. That that this is what this message is for. This message is for those people, not for those who are playing church. Not for those who are playing church. This is a message for those who are committed. This is a message for those who are committed to God. (laughs) Not committed to this church. Because we said you can come in this church all you want to. You can give an offering and tithe. You can give in pastor's compensation. You can give in, 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 in the building fund. You can give. You can do all of that. You can do all of that. You can usher. You can grieve. You can be a, a, a children's ministry worker. You can do all of that. You can be in the care ministry. You can be in the big committee. You can do all of that and not be committed to God. You can do all of that and not be committed to God. Well, how can that be? Because you're busy thinking that your righteousness is coming through your work in the church. Despite what you do and despite the life that you might live and despite the things that you do outside of what you do at church. Poor in spirit. Mourning. Being a peacemaker. See, that's for those hellions. The hellions at home. Mm. The principle of obedience and the principle of agreement. That's what we see working here. Anyone who commits their ways, their character and conduct of Jesus will be persecuted. Anyone who commits to righteousness, they will be persecuted. Let's be reminded again of this definition of blessed. Well off at the highest level. It has to do with what you have going on for uh, what you have going for you or what you possess or what is counted as yours. It is what you have that you ought to be happy about. And I told you last, uh, the other week that we will add to that that it is the experience of joy and hope independent of outward circumstances. So then we start talking about getting, uh, go, getting into verse 4. So I will be covering, covering verse 4 through 6 in, in my teachings. And so we talked about um, verse 4. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. So we said that, that this mourning, that it goes beyond the circumstance. We say we mourn because things that happen in life, and that's okay. And God comforts us in those times. But this mourning that he's talking about, remember, he's talking about the character, the character that we, we should have. The character that we should have and the conduct. This is how we should conduct ourselves. And so this goes beyond the, uh, the mourning that happens when, you, uh, when something in life happens. And so blessed are they that mourn. We said that this is an extension of the poor in spirit. We said the poor in spirit is the, basically the intellectual piece. It's the knowing. It's the knowing that I am undone. Remember the realization that I am undone. But it's the emotional piece. So here emotion is okay. That, that mourning, that's the emotional peace that comes with it. It comes with it. That's, the, that, that's being wretched. That's being pained. That's being disturbed. That's being heartbroken. It's being heart-rented. It's being moved to tears because you realize that you are undone. That was, remember, the condition, condition number one of poor in spirit was that you realize that you are undone. That's condition number one. And so that mourning goes with that. And then the second condition... Remember to talk about the second condition of, of mourning. Uh, I mean, the second condition of poor in spirit is when you see 
that the world is far from God and that you're trying to operate, you're trying to function in this world, this world that lives unrighteously. You You are the righteous and you're trying to navigate through this world and they are far from righteousness. That the standard that they live by is not righteous, but you yourself are trying to live righteously. So that's poor in spirit. And so here again, being poor in spirit, the mourning peace that goes with that. It's, and remember, it's also you know, the, about the discouragement. So you see, you see the, how the world is operating in, in its unrighteous state. And then sometimes you can be discouraged. That can, it can be discouraging to see or to think and to, to see uh, in our eyes. We might see uh, uh, people who are unrighteous prospering. Or we, you know, we might think that they are, are better off or that they are, um, you know, whatever. They, they, and, and that they, you know, j- just have it good. It doesn't look like, seem like they might have not, may not have problems, again, because they might have money or because they might have this or they might have that. And so we see all, we see all of these things, no matter how they got it, right? <laughs> no matter how they got it. But, but we seem, sometimes we can be discouraged by those things that we see. It's a discouragement of seeing the ungodliness of this world system that is contrary to God and his system, particularly in having to navigate this system when it is not ruled by righteousness. So the example that was mentioned, and we're going we're gonna to dig deep into this for the rest of this time, we're going to dig deep into uh, uh, um, um, John the Baptist. If you would turn to uh, Mark chapter 6. Turn to Mark chapter 6, just to... Uh, Mark chapter 6, and then we start reading at verse 17. So this is the account, part of it, that we're going to read, of of the account of of John's imprisonment. Verse 17, Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 17. For Herod himself, so this is the reason why he was in prison, and then we're going to go and and uh, trace this down. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John. And bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother's Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. For Herod feared For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man, and and holy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things, and heard him gladly. And heard him gladly. But we see that Herodias was a little bit upset. I dare say she was taking the morality route. Remember, morality allows you to do things that just comforts your flesh. It makes you feel good about what you're doing. So Herodias was taking the morality route. But we love each other. But I love him. But he loves me. At least we're not sleeping around. We're getting married. But the law, in their time, the law said otherwise. The scriptures said otherwise. But that morality route. So now we have someone who has confronted them about their lifestyle, about their unrighteousness. And here we see persecution. Morality persecutes righteousness. Remember that from the teaching on Sunday. Morality persecutes Righteousness. Let's look at this in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. And there is so much in this scripture. So, so much in this scripture. Matthew 11, let's start reading at verse 2, 2 through 6. Now when John had heard in the prison, so now we know why he was in prison, right? Remember why. 
Now when John had heard, had, had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The leapers are cleansed, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. So John the Baptist, the one that was sent as the forerunner, he was sent as the forerunner for Jesus, was in prison for courageously speaking out, for courageously and boldly. You got to be courageous in 2021. For courageously and boldly and publicly rebuking Herod and, Herod, and, and, Herod, and Herodias' adulterous marriage. We see that. Talked about being courageous in 2021. Again, keeping in mind those things that are to come. He could have kept his mouth closed. He could have attended the wedding. He could have bought a gift. He could have congratulated them. All the while knowing the standard but not saying anything. He could have done that. He could have done that. There are doors of opportunity that we have to minister the gospel to people that we do not take. There are doors of opportunity that we have that we do not take for various reasons. It could be that you don't want anybody to know that you follow Christ. It could be that you are fearful. Of the persecution, of what will happen, or what will be said, if you will lose friends, or you will lose whatever. If you spoke up for righteousness. I'm talking about righteousness. I'm talking about things that are right there in your face. I'm not talking about, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, you going into the store and you see, you know, you see whatever and you, you know, you're just telling folks what they're doing and what they, you know, that, that's not right and that's unholy and that's not, I'm, I'm talking about people that you know. I'm talking about people that you know, people that you talk to on a regular basis. You know, it's good to live your life. Remember I said the, the two, a couple of weeks ago, I said, I said, I made this statement and this is what I meant by it. I said, so we have to live out loud. That means not only do we live the gospel, we live it and we live it openly. But sometimes that also means, a lot of times that also means, in the right time, that also means that we have to live it out loud. The gospel. We have to live, out, live it out loud, the righteousness that we say that we believe in. Listen, we cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Don't let somebody's salvation be hanging in the wind because you do not want to be persecuted. Don't let their blood be on your hands because you don't want to get the backlash of living the gospel out loud. We've been hearing if the unrighteous, if they can be bold, if they can be bold. You know what? And, and this is what I don't get. They have to say it out loud when it doesn't even really matter. And work, it who cares what you do when you go home? That doesn't matter. Does that have anything to do with your job? Does it have anything to do with your job? Nothing. So, 
you have, and this is a challenge for some of you, this is a challenge. You have this icebreaker, this icebreaker, something you're doing at work, something that's going on, and you have this icebreaker. During this icebreaker, you know, they tell you to say some stuff. So someone says, you know, my name is so-and-so, and, you know, I'm a, uh, I you know, do the lesbian gay community, you know, I do whatever. As part of the icebreaker, I mean, they, they're, they're openly saying. So when it becomes your turn, then you say your name, and I'm a believer in Christ Jesus. I believe the full gospel. I believe in the Trinity of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, you know tell, just, hey, if they can say it, what they're a part of and what they do, and I belong to Church of the Living Water, and we believe in the whole gospel, we believe in the Trinity, we believe in, 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 the, in the, 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 the book of the, of the Bible from the front to the back, we believe in, in all, of, all of the Bible. And I'm active in my church. And I tithe in my church. And I give. And I'm a giver. See, we don't want to do that. Because, because, because we don't want to do that because we think we are worried about and concerned about what people are going to think about what we just said. That's a challenge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's a challenge. So, he could have kept his mouth closed. And to make matters worse, to make matters worse, those who ultimately, ultimately knew the law, the Jewish leaders who were, who were witnessing all of this, witnessing him being in prison for, for, for righteousness, for, for standing up for righteousness and, and what the, the word declared, they could have said something, but they said and they did nothing. They said and they did nothing. <laughs> so there again, like I said, it's a lot that's in this scripture. So you could be on that end where you see righteousness and you see somebody being persecuted for righteousness. Do you not say anything? Do you not support them? Do you just let them be persecuted? Oh, you know, that's like denying, that's just like denying God. That's just like what Peter did. That's just like what Peter did. Denying God. Because I, why? I, no, I don't want none of that. I see how they treat her. Uh-oh, I don't want none of that. And you just let her, besides saying, sister, you are correct. Twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, whenever it's coming, whenever it's coming, the next thing, the next thing, God is going to, He is requiring, He is requiring. These are the times. These are the times that we are facing. These are the times to come. The times even right now that we are facing. And the question is, who's on the Lord's side? And the question is, who will stand up for the Lord? Who will live righteously and don't mind saying so? Even in prison, John knew of the mighty works of Jesus. Remember this, we haven't gotten far from where we were. Poor in spirit and mourning. Even in prison, John knew of the mighty works of Jesus. As he was receiving partial. Matthew chapter 11. It says, go, verse 4. Jesus answered and said unto them, go and show John again. So that means he heard it. He knew what Christ was doing. But he said, go and show him again those things which ye do hear and see. So he was, he was getting some partial information. He was getting some reports about what was going on 
and what Christ was doing. But he was discouraged because he wasn't able to see it himself. Why? Because he himself was being persecuted. So he could have, you know, he could have had a thought. This is why he said, Art thou, verse 3, and he said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? He's like, look, are you really, are you really the Christ? Why am I in here for, for righteousness sake? Are you really the one? Come, why haven't you come to get me? Why haven't you rescued me? I am preaching the God. I have gone before you. I have been teaching. I have been preaching about you. I have been paving the way for you. And all I I was doing was standing up for righteousness. That's all I was doing. I was doing my duty. I was doing my work. I was working my ministry. And I ended up in here. You're not going to come get me? You're not coming to get me? I was doing this for you. And you're not going to come get me? Are you the one? Or should I be looking for somebody else? Should I be looking for somebody else? That's real. He was discouraged. He was discouraged. And to, and to not be able to witness. See, listen. Sometimes our circumstances, sometimes our circumstances and our situations, they hinder our ability to see or to focus on what God is doing. The civil unrest, it hinders some of our ability to see and to focus on what God is doing. It hinders our ability to focus on truth. The truth is, is that God wants everybody saved. The truth is that God does not want us to hate any man. The truth is that God wants us to love our enemies. That's the truth of the word of God. But with all this civil unrest and all these things that are going on and continuing to happen. I read on the news today, I saw on the news today, about there's somebody else. Another police officer that has gotten off for something that the people, most people would think he should be, he, they should be, per, not just one, I think it was seven. They should be persecuted for what they did. All these things, and, that, and seeing those things, they will put you in a mindset that you do not need to be in. God says to love your enemies. Those who do do you wrong, love them. That's what God says. Now listen, I'm not being insensitive. I'm not not being insensitive to what? Because yes, it hurts. And yes, we want, you you get upset about it. You want to get upset about what's going on because you don't want to see people. Listen, just, and that's, and that's the, that's the morality. So, 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 and so here, here it is again. Here it is again. Uh, those, those believers and those Christians, so then, so now, now, now we want to say, but you know, it's not right. That's not right. Morality. It's not right. It's not right. And no, it's not right. But we're not supposed to focus on the morality of it. We're supposed to focus on the righteousness of it. We're supposed to focus on the righteousness. Where is the righteousness in this? That's our focus. What is God doing? Yes, he is, he is showing us. He's revealing a whole lot of things. But he's also revealing the hearts of his, of his people. He's revealing that too in the midst of all of this. And our focus can't be on morality. I get it. I get it. I know. I know, again, that's why I said, I don't want to be insensitive. I don't want, I don't want this to come across as, you know, she doesn't care about what's going on and, you know, and, no, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not it at all. That's not it at all. That's not it. But my commitment is to righteousness. A believer's commitment is to righteousness and putting on the character and the conduct of Christ. That is where our commitment lies. And guess what? 
those who say that's wrong, that's wrong, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this because that's wrong, that's wrong. They are going to persecute me and speak down about me just because I said that, that righteousness goes before morality. Remember what we were taught on Sunday, (laughs) that morality judges. Morality judges righteousness. Righteousness can't judge morality. In their eyes, righteousness can't judge morality. But morality can judge righteousness. These are the times that we live in. These are the times that we live in. And it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. I'm out of time. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.